You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. My guest today is Laura Coe. She's an author, a blogger, a certified life coach. Who's not these days? <laughs> but <laughs> she helps in what I'm just going to call the the soft, intuitive areas of coaching. I've worked with coaches in in my life who are very detail and goals and metric oriented, and, or some that are like, "You can do it." Like I don't really need the "I can do it" most of the time. But sometimes uh, you'll find someone who just has a unique ability to see. Uh, see the unseen. And I heard about Laura and said, this is really interesting because you know, she's done you know, real educational stuff, um, sold <laughs> sold her company as a healthcare tech entrepreneur, and then went back into her, her kind of philosophical roots. She's written about emotional obesity. But the reason I'm interviewing her today isn't around that. It's actually about something called the Akashic Records. If you're a longtime listener and you're attuned to metaphysics and spirituality, you might have heard me mention this maybe four or five times on past episodes, just in passing. Usually when it's around uh, neuroscience or psychedelics or something like that, but I haven't really uh, spoken about that too much publicly, uh, but it's an, an area of what we'll call it shamanic training and other esoteric practices that I'm familiar with. So... When Laura learned how to tap into the Akashic Records, she's going to tell us what they are in a minute, she wrote something called the Nature of Series and actually started something called the Little Soul School. That's why she's been in Forbes, Huffington Post, New York Observer, and a bunch of other magazines. So we're going to talk about weird psychology, dreamland, uh, metaphysical stuff on the show today. And am I saying all this is real? No. Am I saying it's not real? No, because I'm not a douchebag. And the people who say that can't be because it can't be are circular logic, kind of kind of religious, dogmatic people. What I'm going to ask you to do here is suspend your disbelief, if you have it, and see if there might be something to this. Uh, in my experience, there is, uh, but it is not always a two plus two equals four kind of a thing. So if it happens more than 30% of the time, it's probably... Probably not placebo. With that notice, let's go. Laura, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I love your intro. So fun to be here today. Oh, it's, uh, uh, it's fun to be able to go deep on neuroscience and then go deep into esoteric stuff. And one of the things I like is that you've, you've actually gone out and you know, done something um, sizable and successful in the real world. So your credibility when you talk about spiritual stuff is different. And if you say, I was raised in a commune. Um, the first six years of my life, I was in darkness in a cave uh, raised by nuns. I, I'm very intrigued by that. But you also could just be batshit crazy. So what you've done, you've shown an ability to execute in the real world and to execute uh, in other parts of the world as well, uh, which, is, uh, which is really cool. So people who have a foot on both sides are more intriguing to me. So walk walk me through the Akashic Records. What is that? What's going on with this? Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the perspective of your audience and what you're sharing. It's mine. I mean, I grew up close to atheist. Um, you know, I built and sold a healthcare tech company. And I would have said I was like a healthy skeptic. You know, I sort of believed in maybe something, but but that was kind of it. But um, I bumped into this uh, one day. I didn't know what it was, never heard of it went in and did a reading and I was like, what was that? So the Akashic Records, simply put, it's the energetic space of your soul's history. Everything you've ever done in all of your lifetimes. So this system is based on a multiple lifetime incarnation belief system, whether you believe that or not. It's just what, what the belief is. And it's like a, a Google cloud, if you will. So imagine a massive cloud where everything you're doing is stored there um, and you're able to then pull down and access this information in an organized Google search. So 
imagine there's a Google search and... Um, if it's a Google search, is there a lot of censorship and manipulation from Big Pharma in the Akashic <laughs> Records? I'm just wondering, asking for a friend. No. No, not that kind of Google search, <laughs> but just to make it more tangible for people because it's so um, odd sounding. It took me years to try to explain this to people because of the um, the nature of the topic and how little it's been studied. So I just think of it this way, like, uh, you know, you go to Google, you type in uh, ski resorts and you get back tons, uh, ski jackets, right? What if you could type in, I want to go skiing and you get back one result with, you know, the perfect place for you. The, the boots you need, the jacket you need, everything's hyperlinked in one result. And so the Akashic records are everything. And then an Akashic record reading is an ability to pull down just the right information for you in this moment, in time, to help you with the specific thing you're asking about. And it's not about skiing. It's about you learning about yourself in a deeper way to kind of break through. I sort of think if you had like a bunch of friends and um, a team of therapists and a guru. And they were like, how do we help Laura out in this moment, right? In the best way? It feels like that. You get this exceptional advice that speaks to somewhere really deep inside of you that even a team of therapists wouldn't have gotten out of me. And it, and it just breaks you open to a deeper understanding of yourself so you can move forward and uh, honestly experience a bigger life, right? Which is what I think most of us want. We want to be happier. We want to um, experience more, right? And have those two things in tandem. And, and so that that's my, my quick answer. What makes you qualified to access the Akashic Records? You know, like an encryption key, the right URL? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great question, right? I, I, like I went and did it and I would have said I was like not a mystical person, even 1%. When you say you did it, was this you going into a state or you worked with someone who knew how to do it? Yeah, I walked in a room. I, I met with a woman who did it. Um, she was awesome. She told me things about myself that my best friends wouldn't have articulated. Um, it was extremely helpful. So I like to explore things that are useful. I did a ton of them and every single time it was helpful. And at one point... I heard that I could learn to do this. And I thought that's absolutely not an option for me. I can't even imagine it. But I did it just because I'm that kind of person. I like to explore things. I, I don't know. I, I don't really um, live in a life where I judge things before I experience them for myself. So I thought, well, you know, why not? I did it. And I realized um, me, who doesn't think of themselves as somebody who is mystical or could, was able to. And not only was I able to, but I was offering my friends and the people around me, I would read anybody I could for free just because I was like so excited. And they were freaking out. They were crying. They're like, how do you know that? And I could tell them about their kids and their family. And and then one day I just taught my friend on a whim. I mean, I was just like, I don't know, we were at my summer house and we were a little bored and I was like, let me try this on you. And so I did. And then I started teaching more people and I realized, oh my God, like I can kind of teach anybody. And then Honestly, Dave, there was this um, men's group. I have a dear friend and he um, was running this men's group and he likes this stuff. Uh, but the men's group was kind of around productivity and exercise and it was a bunch of guys and goal-oriented and he's a trader on Wall Street and he's like, we're going to blow their minds and bring you in too. We're not going to tell them. <laughs> we're just going to surprise uh -huh. them. And I thought, oh God, this is going to be awful. I mean, it, it's it's sort of non-spiritual guys. Like they're investment bankers and accountants and lawyers and business guys, like nothing wrong with it. But um, I started getting nervous that maybe I was over my skis a bit and it wasn't going to happen. Uh -huh. But it was 40 guys and all 40 accessed the Akashic Records. Um, wow. And it, these, it was these a, are like thinker types, like not spiritual guys. You no, know, dude. These were dudes. Like they were dude crying. They were dude freaking out. They were sweating. They're like, there's no way I'm going to do this. And all 40 of them did it. And not only did it, but they, they, most of them wrote me and said that was one of the most exceptional experiences. And what that did for me is that I had this like moment of like, oh shit, like we're all we're all able to do this. Like, listen, you walk up to a piano, you can touch the keys. Are you going to be good? I don't know. Like put the time in, you know, not everybody has the talent. So I think talent and time are important with anything we do. But I want people to know that it's accessible, right? It's not some mystical, wooey, weird thing. 
Um, I know it sounds like it is, but I have now taught thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I mean, I have not failed yet. <laughs> and again, it, it's like saying I got a tennis ball. Can I hit a ball? Sure. Are you going to Wimbledon? Probably not. You know, probably not. Not everybody's great. I happen to be pretty talented and I'm extremely tenacious. I put in thousands of hours. Um, so what what makes somebody qualified? Anybody can do it. But like piano, you got to practice and probably there's talent, right? Like with everything. Yeah. yeah. You're on a journey to live longer and way better, right? What if there was one system that makes everything else in your body work better? Well, there is, and it's your vascular system. It's the intricate network inside of you that makes sure nutrients, oxygen, and hormones reach every corner of your body. Your vascular system influences everything from your brain all the way down to your toes. When you don't have a functioning vascular system, it's tough to make anything else work better. That's why I am so obsessed with protecting my vascular system. One of the best ways to do that is to support your endothelial glycocalyx and provide your body with nitric oxide support. Seven years ago, I started taking Arterosil, and it's my go-to for protecting my glycocalyx support. And I recently came across a new product from the same company called Vasconox. Vasconox provides nitric oxide support for up to 24 hours, as shown by an open-label published study. This is something that I definitely feel. Together, Arterosil and Vasconox are an amazing combination to make your vascular system last way longer than you do. Head on over to calroy.com Dave to get a discount. As you age, your energy can decrease more and more over time, but it's possible to get more energy as you age instead of losing it. I'm using something that works really well to help me with sustained natural energy, and it's called Mitosynergy Biocopper 1. It's a bioavailable form of copper, and it's super effective because copper one is a critical component of your cell's natural source of energy production. Biocopper one also helps create critical proteins and enzymes your metabolism could not run without. It's clinically proven to help with mental clarity and to help your body feel good. And in some people, it even helps reduce or eliminate gray hair when it's caused by copper deficiency. Get 15% off now at mitosynergy.com Dave. It's funny, uh, many, many years ago, uh, there probably was no juggling. And then someone figured out that you could juggle and it looked like a total miracle. That's uh, right. And they probably got burned at the stake for a while for doing it. Uh, and then eventually, you know, another 10 generations later, uh, juggling was allowed and someone taught someone else how to do it and it spread. So you could say it was a mystical power or just something people could do that we didn't know we could do. Right, like cell phones, and, right? Yeah. Like nobody would have thought... 30 years ago, we'd be interconnected like this. Um, and so... Well, the, some people yeah. would have. <laughs> like a, a, <laughs> lot of, a lot of people don't know. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, this is also more metaphysical stuff. We've all heard that in the, the old, like the Western part of the US, that the Native Americans uh, would use uh, smoke signals to communicate. But as a network engineering guy from Silicon Valley, there is not enough bandwidth to communicate anything in puffs of smoke. You couldn't even do like Morse code in an effective way. Uh, so we just sort of accepted it without thinking. But when you ask them, they're like, oh, yeah, we would light the fires to tell the other guys down the road, whatever, to tune in. So then they would pay attention and then they would connect to the other person's consciousness and know whatever the message was. And it was just a, a reminder, basically, to go into a mild meditative state where you could receive information. Oh, uh, nice. And, and so there are these built-in abilities. And when you say you've taught people to do this and it's just a skill, I believe that because I learned an ancient Chinese method once uh, from a guy who's like, I'm the 20th generation of this. And it's something anyone can do. Just my family hid it from everyone because it gave us a unique advantage and I decided to put it out into the world. So mm. it was something that's spookily uh, useful. And then uh, we've had what Lisa Williams has been on the show. She's taught 40,000 people how to channel. Some of them are better than others, right? So bottom line is maybe you're listening to the show. Maybe you've listened for 10 years and you've turned on your mitochondria all the way. They have more powers. They're called the yogic siddhis, S-I-D-H-I. These are documented abilities of our human hardware that can happen. They're just rare. So this is one of those things where I've run across it in different lineages that I've studied and I've 
I've worked with the Akashic Records directly, especially in very altered states without plant medicines, just at 40 years in with neurofeedback. I've gone really, really deep and, and had communication. So this is like a, maybe Carl Jung's collective consciousness. Do you, do you think the Akashic Records are tied into that? Or are they the same thing? Yeah. I mean, in fact, I've been going in the Akashic Records to ask questions you can find out about you, um, or you can ask these really beautiful metaphysical philosophical questions. My first love was was philosophy. I went to undergrad and graduate school. Um, I thought I was going to be a professor. I was at Tufts, you know, and I just hated academia, but but I love the topic. So I've been going in the Akashic Records and asking, you know, like, just these philosophical questions. And I asked, what are the Akashic records? <laughs> and uh, I wanted to hear from them. It's, it's not a very documented space. Um, Edgar Casey went in and he asked all these questions about medical stuff, but not too many people have, have done this sort of broader um, conversation. And, and that's what I'm excited by. And it's, um, it's a grid. It's a grid of information that um, we are all interconnected within. Right. So the Akashic Records is, and again, everything is like something because I really don't think we have the vocabulary at this point in history to fully understand what this is. Um, I think we may at some point, quantum physics and all that seems to be, I'm not, I'm not great with quantum physics, but it seems to be uh, picking up on some of the same languaging. But it's an it's an energetic space. It's a set in a vibration, and it's a, it's an endless grid that we're all interconnected in. Where that exists and and all that is still to be, I think, figured out by some brilliant scientist at some point. Because I'm really lazy, and brilliant scientists are expensive, I just asked Chat GPT to explain how the Akashic records work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just right now. What what do you think it said? God, I have no idea. There's so much out there about this uh, topic that I find not so great. So I'm I'm curious. Tell me. So number one, I'm pretty good at prompt engineering. Um, I I'm running something called the Apollo Group with Vishen Lakiani and with Naveen Jain. So it, it's a very small mastermind, you know, hundred thousand dollar mastermind for uh, for entrepreneurs who want to work with us directly. So we've done some AI training based on Vision's platform. And so I've kind of gone deep on prompt engineering. So I wrote the right one, but I'm like, I don't care if you think it's not real. Tell me the science anyway. And here's what it says. And these are actually answers I probably would have thought of and you would have thought of as well. And for our listeners, I'm going to run through some of these. And I want you to, to say these are good or bad. And can you go into the Akashic Records and ask if these are right or not? As we speak, no. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's a slow process. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know people want me to do that, but um, is channeling, channeling is like a, an, an easy yeah. sort of flow. It's, this is a, um, it takes like an in. hour to get a real good question answered. Yeah, we, uh, we did a session ahead of time because um, I, I basically want to see if you're a full crap. Because I, I've, <laughs> I've had Akashic readings from people who are 80% ego and 20% Akashic, and I've had some from people who are really just tuning in and new stuff they shouldn't know. Uh, and it probably varies by day, but I was like, oh, okay, you're, you're the real deal. And I have enough of an experience to, to know the real deal versus not. So, so what it says is quantum entanglement and information theory uh, is one example, uh, which is the, the quantum mechanics thing. And I would have called out information theory and certainly quantum and you did. The second one is the holographic principle and the universe is information. Stan Groff has been on the show um, who wrote a book called The Holographic Universe, I think, or Holotropic Universe, maybe. Yeah, holographic, I think. Yeah, uh, and he's, I've actually done breathing episode, uh, a, a breathwork workshop, uh, co-led it with him and his team um, for a group of my coaches. So um, the idea there is that the universe is a hologram, which means you can have a tiny piece of it that contains the entire thing if you just know how to look at it. Um, then, funny enough, ChatGPT says collective unconsciousness and archetypes and Carl calls out Carl Jung, which we just <laughs> talked about. That's why it's listening. And then it says theoretical physics and multiverse theory. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of people have heard of, at least if you've seen Doctor Strange. And then simulation hypothesis, which uh, Elon has talked about. I've talked about it. Zuckerberg's talked about it. You know, are we living in a simulation? Have you ever asked the Akashic masters and teachers uh, whether we're living in a simulation? 
Yeah. I mean, I've asked all of these things and it's tough because the answer is pretty much that we're, our brains are just not quite there to really <laughs> understand the depths of it. If I'm being honest, it's not a non-judgmental space. You don't ever experience um, critique or judgment, but, and there's no right or wrong kind of energy to it, but um, they're definitely not impressed with the human mind. And so they try to give it to us in a way that at this point in history, we can comprehend it. For sure, I've heard the holographic universe. For sure, it's been sort of a quantum experience. But it's like that, is always. It's like this. It's like that. It's like this. And and it's not 100% what it is that we're saying to date. It's sort of like that. So I'm working really hard to get it out of the Akashic Records. I've been channeling it for the last few months bit by bit so I can get each part as clean as I can. Um, but it's taking a lot of time. I mean, a lot of time. It's um, really complicated. But yes, I have heard, I've heard those things. Uh, it's, it's interesting to put science behind it. And, and one thing that impressed me with your work is uh, you went out and you got readings from different people to see if they agreed. Uh, which is very scientific. And I do the same thing. I, I honestly think you shouldn't trust any psychic or you know, fortune teller or Akashic Records reader unless you've validated them. And the way you validate is three people all say the same thing and they don't know each other. There's a great likelihood that it's probably real. And the skeptics are going, yeah, but they could be like reading your pulse rate and the dilation of your left eye. And they're, yes, there are mentalists who do that stuff, but those aren't the kind of questions you ask. So No. And Dave, honestly, I, I was telling some friends, I want to move in a, min a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. <laughs> it's super random, right? And I don't even know why I was saying it. I went into my first reading. This lady looks at me, never seen her before. I told like three friends that. She asked me my name. She reads some sentences. She goes in my Akashic field and she goes, I see a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. And I mean, I was like, wait, what? And it oh, was, was like random. that. Oh, come on, totally random. <laughs> totally random, right? And then I, the second reading right? I did, I was in New York City and I bought this Tibetan bowl on the streets in New York City. And the second reading... Um, I was in Manhattan. I, I bought it with my partner. Uh, we were sitting there in a, in a hotel, just purchased the day before. And the first thing she says is, I see a Tibetan bowl. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she starts talking about this bowl and explains it in detail. So it's like that all the time, all the time. There's just, um, I told this lady once in a reading, I was trying to compare her mind to um, a, a a tape recorder. And I said, you know, those tape recorders, the ones that you got in the basement, in a, in a desk, in a corner where you pull it out and um, you push the button and the tape is like that old school tape and the reel is really worn down. I'm like, the story you're telling yourself is like that. It's a worn down. You got to just take that thing, put it back in the basement, put it in a desk. And she looks at me and says, you have no idea what you just said. And I'm like, I don't, I've never met her. And she said, yesterday, I found a tape recorder in a desk in the corner in the basement. I took it out. I showed my son that I had this old eight-track tapes thing. And then I put it back in the corner in the basement, in the cabinet. And and I, I mean, I don't think there's a, a reading that happens where people aren't in this sort of shock and awe around it. Um, and so it's definitely... Listen, I, I have a lot of things to do with my life. I don't have an interest in Google searching people are looking for their eye twitches. I mean, that's a waste <laughs> of my time too, right? Like I'm only doing this because it's really freaking cool and people are getting all this value and I got value. And not only did I go around the country and just call random people because I was such a pain in the ass, I would literally try it over and over and over. But then when I started training people, I used the same question on the first 200 people I trained. I'd ask the exact same question, random people. And I got the same, I mean, different metaphor, slightly different languaging, but the same answer would come through over and over because I was skeptical, right? Like mm -hmm. my dad's a world famous physician. I didn't grow up with a religion. This stuff was not um, accessible to me in a like this makes sense for me or or I don't know, I felt very fraudulent a lot thinking about it. But it, it just has proven to be so true so many times that I was like, you know what? It's really helpful to my life. And it's like this accelerator to personal wow. growth. So why would I not use this? I mean, I don't get it. I don't think anybody does, but who cares? Like, I don't understand love exactly. Like, we don't know why we fall in love. It's a strange thing. I still think it's worth participating in. And art, I mean, art's sort of odd. Why do we care about it? 
but I love it. So it's worthy, right? I mean, not mm-hmm. everything has to be perfectly logical to me all the time. So if it, if it has value, right? And, and this does for me. <laughs> love that perspective. Uh, you kind of remind me of Julie Ryan, who has been on the show as well. She's a professional psychic, has a big radio show, and we've been friends for many years. Uh, and she has some like seven or eight big patents in med tech and was a very successful entrepreneur. It's like, look, I, I can do this. And I'm, I'm friends with all kinds of people have these things. A lot of them wouldn't talk about it because, well, throughout most of most of recorded history, if you could do stuff like this, they would burn you at the stake, <laughs> right? So all the people around today who have these abilities, we've kind of multi-generationally learned to be a little cautious about it. Um, but Dave, honestly, it, like, yeah. I was a healthcare tech entrepreneur. I built this incredible system for chronic illness. I sat with some of the best people on the planet on different disease states. Um, We came together from Stanford and Harvard and all the, to to get the guidelines out of these guys on diseases. It was not black and white. It was not so scientific. It was definitely a bit of an art form to it all, right? And it was an awakening for me that science is not as exacting as everybody would like to think. It's true for a period of time. Some of it is very consistent. Sometimes it's a bit of a like, oh, you know, and and so I hear you on it, and it's it's um <laughs> it's not that popular. When I started to to do this, um, you know, I'm gay, and I came out in the '90s, which was pretty brutal. But honestly, coming out as spiritual was like way more uncomfortable. <laughs> I would go up to my friends, and I'm like. I think I found this thing that I'm going to start doing because if it's not so proven, people seem to have um, such an emotional reaction. To be honest, when when I really shared this, I found a lot of people were really excited that I was willing to because science doesn't always work for all answers in life and organized religion, people are struggling with in certain ways. And I think if you're not a diehard of those two things... There's this middle ground world where I love science and I like parts of religion, but I also like to explore everything else. And I think a lot more people are like that, but there's this strange feeling that, you know, you're not allowed to just dabble around and have fun. Yeah. Uh, the playfulness sometimes is missing. Uh, but I, I just, uh, I, I'll just say there, there's a lot of people who figure out they can, they can do some stuff. And then there's, there's a lot of different flavors of it. And there's still a lot of, of I'm just going to call it skepticism and doubt. So you see people who have, you know, a substantial amount of career attainment, then they come out, even um, come out as, you know, having psychic powers, not the other kind of coming out that you're well familiar <laughs> with. Even, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who did Waldorf schools, uh, Rudolf Steiner. Um, he also invented uh, a major form of regenerative ag called biodynamic. Uh, and he didn't talk about this stuff when he was young. But he could see, he could always see patterns of life and all. And he ended up writing a lot of this stuff in his in his 40s. He said, all right, fine, I'm, I'm ready. And just started pouring out a you know, major school of agriculture based on seasonal cycles that no one else could see in a way of raising kids to be emotionally intact and all this stuff. And so if you're listening to this going, what the heck, Dave, why are you talking about all this? I thought you were a biohacker. Dude, I am. You turn your mitochondria on all the way. You edit the settings in your operating system so you're not tweaked all the time by dumb environmental variables uh, and then you have all this energy left and you focus it on stuff you might be surprised at what you can do so i like finding people who stumble onto this one way or another uh, which is why we're having this interview all right how long does it take to teach someone to do this yeah i started this class well i started teaching people and then i couldn't keep up anymore. So I started teaching it at the Little Soul School and I have this class once a month. Um, It's 90 minutes. I get everybody in the Akashic Records in 90 minutes. Are you good at it? No. (laughs) I mean, again, you're going to walk up to that piano, you cut, touch those uh, keys. It's not music, right? It takes time. You got to practice the chords. You got to put the energy into it. And like I said, there's some talent, but to actually just access the space, I, I, I do this monthly class for 90 minutes. It's 20 bucks. I have a free one as well. If you're super skeptical and you don't want to drop the 20 bucks, you can come. For 20 just, bucks, you can you learn to tap into the Akashic Records. Yeah. 
that's like one month of chat GPT and you get like lifetime access. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, you want to think of, hmm? you ever think of like hiring someone from Google to help you with the business model? So you're like, it's 20 bucks up front and five bucks a month forever. Just because it might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I am laughing, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone out there already thought of that. And I don't think you should do that. No. No, <laughs> no I mean, uh, I, listen, I, I'm like a big fan of entrepreneurship. I, I love it. But I think this space has been there for thousands of years and, and it's not mine, right? Yes, and I, and I just want everybody to check it out. And that, I know you're that joking was, around. It's truly a joke. Like you, totally, you can't, totally. It's like telling people, hey, I'll let you keep breathing for only $5 <laughs> a month. That's all right. The air is there, at least for now. Um, unless uh, maybe one of the large pharma companies has their way about it. So, right. uh, and, and for listeners, it's Laura Co, L-A-U-R-A-C-O-E.com. I have not done her Akashic Records training, so I cannot vouch or not vouch for it. Um, but I have other ways I do it when I go to 40 Years of Zen. Um, so I, I know of what she speaks, but I have my own ways of getting there. And I don't rely on them that frequently. Uh, in fact, what I've found is that I'm capable of doing, you know, some accounting tasks because I have a degree in that stuff from Wharton. I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't hate doing the Akashic Records, but I'm not particularly skilled. Like I can build shelves. They just might be a little crooked. Yeah. Right? So I would rather have expert help in building shelves. So when I want to go really deep on something, I'm happy to, to call you or, or one of the other handfuls of people that I know have a really tight like a tight beam access to these things. And they're just more efficient because if you go there all the time, you're going to be good at it. it it's like hiring a, a backwoods tracker who lives in the backwoods versus a guy who goes hunting three times a year. Like, which one's going to know the terrain? I feel like someone who does it all the time is good. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the craziest request you've ever received to, to ask for the Akashic Records or ask of the Akashic Records? Um, I, I mean... <laughs> People mostly ask the same couple questions, right? What's my purpose? Why am I here? How do I find love? Like most people want to, and, and what do I heal, right? Like those are the things most people are interested in. But my friend called me one day and she's like, I lost my wallet. And I was like, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. And she said, well, can you open up my Akashic records? And I was like, I don't think that's what this is for. I think this is really about like growth and learning and I, and I have some reverence to it. Um, so anyways, she was desperate and she's a good friend. So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, my friends for a while were like, can you pop the records open every five minutes? Once they got a, a taste, I could do this. They wanted to ask me thousands of things. I was like, we got to stop this. But at that point I was willing. I went in, I saw this pile of clothing and I saw her, her wallet was stuffed in there and she grabbed the clothing, put it in her hamper. And I was like, I think it's in your hamper, but maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. I don't think the record store wallets. So anyways, um, I said, you got you to gotta really empty out the hamper because it's stuffed in there. So she doesn't call me back and I think it didn't work. Makes sense. Three hours later, she calls me. She's like, found my wallet. I'm like, where was it? She said, it, it was in my hamper, exactly where you said. And, and I'm like, why did it take you three hours? She's like, well, I didn't listen to you. I didn't, I just looked superficially and I emptied it out in frustration. It was really stuffed in there. And then... My partner at the time heard of it. She had lost her wallet, um, her credit card, and, and the, like a few days later. And I'm like, "Oh, come on! I'm not a party trick. This is crazy." But I checked again, and and her credit card was um, between the the seat and the glove compartment. And I'm wow. like, "You got to move your chair forward." And she took a photo, sent it to me, pushed her chair forward, and it was it was right there. But that really got me thinking, Dave, because that meant to me that this space is not just some kind of like. Um, list of things that I'm aware of, maybe some way that like I'm tapping into people's minds, their, their, their memories. They didn't know it was there, right? Your, your credit card falls out of your pocket in your car. You're not, you're not aware of that, right? This idea that every thought, feeling, and action is stored uh, sort of really settled in for me in, in that moment. You know, um, you got credit cards, you got wallets, you got everything. They talk about the book of life in the Old Testament, New Testament, right? Like, that there's this book of, of your soul's life. Um, so it's not a new idea, but um, it's pretty mind-boggling to me to think that there's um, somewhere mm -hmm. that all of this information can be can reside and we can open that up and find it. 
it it is mind boggling, and and certainly just intuitively knowing where something is uh, is uh, we we'll call it a parlor trick, but it, it it's something that people with a, a just knowingness uh, can have, and and I've come to believe over the years that um, a lot of what gets us in trouble as human beings is just that uh, our our biology, our bodies, we already know it. But then our brain convinces us that we don't know it. So we do it the hard way because we learned to do it the hard way a long time ago. And so there are times when you just know something and then you go, nah. And then 10 hours later, you go, God, I, I didn't have to do that 10 hours. Like, why do you have to do that? So a lot of my, my work in the last few years has been around overcoming my internal resistance to just getting it done fast. <laughs> it makes it Yeah, I mean, right? Like what for a lot of creative entrepreneurial people, all that stuff. It's like, we have these moments where it just comes to you, right? Mm -hmm. You're like taking a walk or you're trying to resolve a problem and then you take some space or something and then all of a sudden it hits you. What are we saying? Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? There's It all of a sudden just hit me. It just came to me. Well, it's usually when I'm in the shower or going for a walk or something where I'm not thinking as hard. So if I'm yeah. using my brain and I'm I'm trying to get there and I'm not getting there. And then I relax and all of a sudden it just shows up. Where did it come from? Right? So it's a, it's a definite conversation I have with myself all the time about trusting the, um, the intangible experiences of life a little bit more. And as I've learned to let go of my brain being the only place that I consult for information, I have definitely quadrupled my productivity, my happiness, wow. the outcomes are better. There's an like there's an incredible serendipity, serendipitous quality to my life when I let that be true, right? That sort of, oh my God, I was just thinking about you and 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 like has gone up, up and up because I pay attention to it. I trust mm -hmm. it a little more. And I let myself follow it instead of like, you know, I used to be a white knuckling thinking pro and con spreadsheet, ask 50 friends, consult everybody kind of person. And it's just exhausting, right? Because how do you, how do you get to the decision? And the decision comes from somewhere else, right? A deep within knowing or, or something like that. Time to leave a relationship, time to make a change, time to leave my job time to explore something new. We we have this knowing, right? That's how we make decisions eventually. I mean, some people always stressfully um, use hyper, uh, um, tax the mind, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, an, it's an exhaustive process because, you know, when you weigh things, you think, well, there's this many on this side and this many on this side, but it's not really like that. I mean, some, some, something is much more, important thing than the other 20 things. So uh, sitting around analyzing endlessly, it's not clear like where to go. And as an entrepreneur, you have to trust your instincts, you know? And what does that mean? To trusting my instincts is something again, intangible. So mm. I think this stuff has been there forever. Um, your intuition, your, your, trusting your gut, right? We, we have this. We even say, oh my God, the party was so fun until so-and-so walked in the room. That person's energy sucks. Or this building, I was like at this party and the energy was amazing until this. And then, you know, this happened and the energy was terrible. We already have this experience, right? Like we all know that guy or that woman who, who walks in a space and we can just feel how... <laughs> <laughs> they suck, right? They like bring the room quote down. We say that stuff. So what do we mean when we talk in these ways? We have an intangible understanding of it. And it's okay to me. I don't really know how to language it because we don't have the science for it. But I, but I do believe in that a lot more. I think the brain's great. I still use it once I've come up with this intuitive understanding or have that gut feeling. Um, I studied authenticity for a decade before I got into the Akashic realm. It's what I studied in grad school. What does it mean to be authentic? That's the weirdest idea ever. I, I check in with myself to what is true within me. Where? I mean, point to it. We say me and we point to our chest. Mm -hmm. I'm not in my chest. That makes no sense, right? So all over our life, we talk in these ways um, and this is just a more organized expression of that, that is consistent, reliable. You don't have to meditate. You don't have to go for a walk. I just read some sentences and bam, I get this um, 
megaphone of authentic, um, instinctual advice that hits me as absolutely true for me every time. Like, why wouldn't you try it at least just to see, right? If it doesn't work for you, great. You know, uh, I'm not here to sell my own stuff. Try it anywhere. But I, 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 I find it extremely intriguing. Yeah. What are the things you can't ask? Like things that don't work. Yeah, it's easier to say what doesn't work because um, there's so much you can ask. So you cannot ask about right or wrong. People say, "Am I on my right path?" <laughs> that implies there's a wrong path to life, or is this the right time to leave my partner? Um, the Akashic realm does not work off of judgment, right or wrong, shoulds, um, and it's a little predictive of time but it's more the highest probability towards a future outcome. It's not like 100% this will happen at this time. So those are really the only things you can't ask. You can even ask about people in your life. Somebody once hired me, um, she coaches people and she wanted a deeper insight into her clients. She just gave me the first name of each client and I explained them down to the last detail and what works for them, what doesn't, what they're struggling with. She's like, oh my God, you're on point with each person. So you can, you can, go, um, you can go almost anywhere except, except those areas. That does not work at all. And it's okay. for your highest good in this moment. So I do want to say it's a lot of content in this Akashic realm. So you are receiving what it is that, you know, we think we need something, but in fact, we need something else. Like you have a friend who's always dating the same person or leaves a job and takes the same job. They're just repeating themselves. And they have this idea in their mind, like, you know, that they just want the answer in a certain way. The Akashic realm gives you what is most valuable for you to move forward. Sometimes it's not what you want to hear, right? You're like, come on, just tell me what are the next steps to opening my flower shop? Or I just want to like, leave my partner, just tell me this person sucks in these ways or something. You, you can't um, push into the Akashic realm. It gives you what is truly most valuable if you're, if you're willing to listen um, in this moment in time. So there's some nuance in interpretation, but, but you can't say, when am I going to die? You know, what's the best for this? What's the worst for that? But you, you could frame it in a different way, uh, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can say what's for my highest good in this moment. What's not? Um, yeah, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Or if you know, you're trying to to look at you know two employees to hire, you could see. Right, yeah. you, you could you you could say well you know which of these two employees, uh, if I hire them, uh, is going to create the best results for the company, or maybe best be a That's problem. Right. Say the highest and best, or you could say the most money, and and then it's likely to give you the answer, right? You know, they don't really specifically reply to money like 10,000 to 20,000, but they will say, you know, how is this most beneficial? Is this going to help us grow? How could we accelerate? Stuff like that. So you can reframe the questions um, pretty easily to get to, you know, mostly the point you're looking for. What about uh, things like muscle testing? Couldn't you just, you know, do, do a muscle testing thing? Some people use finger strength or arm strength to, to just ask the same questions. Are we tapping into the same field or is that different knowledge? There's a lot of ways to access this field. Um, I have this one system. There's other systems out there. I find this one really simple because you just read a few sentences and it's like good to go. Um, you don't need to do much. You don't have to touch people. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It is, it's done in many, many ways. Some people do it through deep meditations. People do it through um, uh, psychedelic experiences. You know, it's, it's been around a long time. Um, Hypnosis has been a very popular way to access this this area. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about muscle testing in terms of the Akashic realm. Um, so I'm not sure how to answer on that specific one, but there's other ways to get What in. are the few sentences? Can you tell us just on the show? Sure. You have to, write, have to like log into your free your free course. But you guys should do it at lauraco.com. And, you know, but is that something you can just show listeners right now? Yeah, you want me to just read it? Yeah, yeah. So, so what do we do? Like close our eyes, like, you know, mumble or something, and then we say this? You don't even have to be like that disciplined. Some people say it like in 20 seconds, super fast, eyes open. No, Some people no like stage. to sit with it. 
Um, have to jump on one foot, uh, spin around, open <laughs> no, the four directions. None of that. Oh, nothing. Right. It's super easy. Um, it's just more of a, a of when you read it, you have to know where uh, the subtle energy starts to show up. It's a little bit nuanced. It's a little bit subtle, and, and so that's more challenging than reading this. But yeah, um, the sentence is: We open ourselves to the light, and with this light, we open ourselves to our truth, and with this light, we open ourselves to our soul's purpose. And with this light, we open ourselves to be guided towards our highest good and the highest good of those we love. And then like a cell phone, you have the same cell phone, just different cell phone numbers. With this, you just swap out the person's legal name. And so I'd say, and so Laura is given the truth to best serve her on her healing journey into the love and acceptance that is most beneficial for her in this moment. I say it two more times with my full legal name silently to myself. So I won't do that. And then after I say it silently with the full legal name, I finish with, and with this light and guidance, we unlock the energy field of Laura to receive the record of her soul. That's it. You're done. You're in. And then when you're finished asking questions, um, it helps to get quiet. It helps to like close your eyes to like move the energy. Um, It's subtle. But then you read a closing at the end, a couple sentences and you're done. Wow, it seems pretty simple. So if you're listening to the show, you you can you can give it a try. Uh, is listening to some kind of good music going to help, like Metallica or something? <laughs> um, I again, um, the practice of getting good is you focus on more of the top of your head, your forehead. It's in this free key plan if you want to check it out. But once you find it, you know when you're falling asleep at night, right? And and you yeah. lay down in your bed. Let's just say you were trying to talk to somebody who's never fallen asleep, never, ever. And you have to say, what is falling asleep quickly? What is I knocked out? What is, I was in and out of sleep all night. I was in a light sleep. I was in a heavy sleep. I woke up and then I went back to bed. I mean, all of these things are things we understand about the process of falling asleep. The Akashic realm is a bit of a muscle. It's like an experience that I can't, explain. You have to try it, but it, it's like a heaviness and you find it. And once you find it, you start to learn how to speak using this um, this energy, this, ex- this feeling. And, and it's pretty easy after you kind of get comfortable knowing that's where it is and that's how I locate it. But that's the part that takes the time, to be honest, because your ego gets in the way. You say, oh my God, is it me? Oh my God, is that me? Oh, how do I know it's not me, right? Like people will get all stressed out about it. And oh, so man. the quicker you drop your ego and stop worrying about it, like imagine going to sleep and every time you start falling asleep, you're like, am I asleep? Did I really fall asleep? Was I, am I sure I fell asleep, right? I mean, you just go to sleep. Like you, you lay in a little ball and this weird thing happens where you drift somewhere, right? <laughs> it's a pretty bizarre experience. It, it's so funny. Uh, at 40 years of Zen, when I'm teaching these these altered states things, the, the biggest thing of all, if you pop into any one of the new states, uh, including if you're seeing a past life, you're doing Akashic Records work, or just going into the reset mode you know, to go in, kind of into your own operating system to be less triggered by stuff, the first time you get there, you're like, I did it, I did it. And as soon as you say that, you're out. And like, damn it. <laughs> so it's it's really a, a big challenge to learn how to be non-reactive to a new state, to just be like, oh, just curiosity. And that was yeah. about two weeks of 10 to 12 hours a day of meditating with electrodes on my head to figure that one out. And now I can yeah. teach it much faster because we can even tweak the, the system to do that. But it's it's hard. And but that just deeply held curiosity about anything all the time keeps from being afraid all the time or overly excited because excitement and fear both will take you out of the Akashic records and most of the other exalted states that are possible for humans, right? That's right. And people say to me all the time, like, Laura, I just want to learn to do it for myself. And I'm like, ah, oh, because it's a lot Lord. easier to practice on somebody else. Cause the minute I go in my own records, I get excited that I see something or I get fearful because my brain can't help but react to some degree when it sees something. And then I pop out and it's no longer a, a pure experience. So it, it just takes some time to learn how to manage the brain, to like just be non-reactive, not analyze, to let the information flow and uh, later think about it. Mm. Yeah. 
it's really funny. When you're doing deep healing work, like Qigong or hands-on healing kind of stuff, um, or I mean, Joe Dispenza teaches this, some of the traditional Chinese medicine things. If you're working on healing another person, you usually get healed too, right? But just working on healing yourself doesn't work as well. Um, and there's also, how many doctors do you know who have doctors? Right? And we have this kind of egotistical physician heal thyself. Well, it's actually hard to do that. It's one of the reasons that, I mean, I, 25 years ago, I bought a, an EEG machine. So if there's something going on, I can read my brainwaves. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And after a year or two of playing around with that, I'm like, maybe doing brain surgery on yourself is dumb. And, and sometimes <laughs> it takes more than one person to enter a state, especially to learn how to do it. Uh, yeah. And service to others puts you in a flow state. Like it, it actually matters. It, it changes things. So I would say, yeah, practice on someone else for almost any of this stuff. Uh, and there's also a bunch of data, like real proven data from Lynn McTaggart, who's been a friend for years, who's been on the show, um, talking about what happens when there's a field with two people in it, or ideally eight. You, you can do stuff. So I, I look at all those, and when people say, it doesn't work, I didn't get results. Well, there's a lot of variables. But those are some variables that are pretty well understood, make a difference. So yeah, if you're going to practice this, practice it on someone else. Can you practice it on your dog? <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, you can. So you, does each dog have its own akashic record as well? Dogs, buildings. You want to hear a cool story about my yes. building? Oh my gosh, I didn't realize akashic records applied to because I know how to clear energies and places and stuff. But okay, tell me about this. This is new to me. Yeah, so my brother and I built this healthcare tech company, and part of it was we built a twelve thousand square foot building. When we sold the company, the building was still ours, and we were renting it to LabCorp of America. Um, and their lease was coming to an end and we had this building. It was on the Illinois Medical District, okay? So it was on this land um, of this bureaucratic Illinois Medical District. And so we had still a big chunk of cash every month to cover for the mortgage and it was a bit stressful. We needed to sell it. So the Illinois Medical District was interested and then they just weren't. And we were freaking out because <laughs> it's a lab in the middle of Chicago. It's not an easy thing to sell. Um, so I, in desperation, went in the records of the building and the building, it's energy said, I need to say goodbye to the building because I built it. And I was like, oh, come on, right? Like, this is, seems silly. Anyways, total desperation. I was like, whatever, drove across the city, did a little like moment. It was actually kind of nice, right? Like we had a whole history and experience with building it. And, you know, I was 24 when I started it. So I tell my brother, who is not interested in this stuff, he got his MBA from University of Chicago. He went on to like build another company that went public. And I'm like, dude, you got to go say goodbye to the building. And he's like, I'm absolutely not doing that. Mm -hmm. So weeks are going by. <laughs> We're getting desperate. And he's like, you know what? Fine, forget it. Uh, so he apparently on a Tuesday drove over there. I didn't know that. I look at my email and, you know, the Illinois Medical District's a bureaucratic system. They have to get a whole team together to start the process. We hadn't heard from them in months. I get an email and it says, um, hey, we, we, we met today. We're ready to go. And my brother sends me a note and says, I, I went and said goodbye to the building a few hours ago. <laughs> wow. And it happened on the same day. Um, and I said, dude, check your, check your email, right? So I, I don't know. Again... You know, I get it. I get the skeptics. I get one story like that. It's like, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I just have thousands of these. Thousands and thousands. People call me from all over the planet and just give me their name. And I I can do this anytime, any day of the week. Um, so so yeah, the buildings have energy. I, I needed to sell my house. Um, and so I got some insight into how to sell my house. Uh, a friend of mine was trying to buy a house and I helped him think about the um, the deal, whether it was a good deal, whether or not the um, uh, the investors he was going in on it with had motivations that were aligned with him. So, you know, you can ask a lot of really cool things. What's the type of advice that you could get from the Akashic Records on how to sell your house? They're not giving you pricing, right? Uh, they're, what, what kind of stuff would you get? Yeah, it was um, much more along the lines of things like um, uh, 
um, the energy of the house and the kind of buyer that would be most interested in it. Um, because the Akashic realm is about energy, right? Mm. And so, you know, it was around like, this is house's energy. This is where I raised my kid. It, it had good energy for a family. And in the end of the day, like, you know, a family ended up purchasing it, right? And also the price, like it felt a little bit high or, you know, that kind of thing. Like you can ask about, again, they don't care if you make more money, but you can ask in different ways to sort of set the pricing the way you need to and um, set up the house in the way you need to or, or what have you. Okay, so they're going to be more, you know, color it this way and move the couch and you'll sell it kind of stuff. Like very specific. You know, Dave, people try to get like um, black and white answers. The challenge with the Akashic realm is um, I don't think I've ever done two of the exact same readings. Everything is really unique. It's unique to that person, that situation. I, I like marvel at how uh, different each experience really is. So people want me to create a flow chart of questions, but you know, somebody's working on forgiveness with their mother and it's a whole subset of things going on that it's just not for somebody who's learning forgiveness with their brother. And there's not like this sort of science to moving through the Akashic field or what you'll get. Um, Every time I go in, it's kind of exciting because you see and experience different um, lessons or or I see new things, um, I learn new things. But generally speaking, buildings... It's not a lot. It's not like a human. It's it's um, a smaller set of information. It's more about the feeling of the house, um, what you can do to make it feel better, the kinds of people you can attract to it, um, if it feels like time to sell or not, why are you selling, setting your intention so that it will sell, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's a fascinating uh, area to explore. And if... If you liked this episode, Laura has a free training for you, lauraco.com, and she has a low-cost training. We don't have any financial deal or something. Um, I did uh, I did ask her for a, a reading uh, a couple of weeks ago just to see what she had to, to say. Uh, I asked about some of the, the biohacks or some things that could be holding me back. Um, you've probably heard me cough a time or two over the years. Um, I've had a cough for like a decade um, that I know is tied to mast cells and histamines. It gets worse than that, but I'm like trying to narrow in on done all the normal stuff, and it's like 90% gone. But there's just a little bit that I can still find. So Laura was able to point me in some directions that are very much along the you know the body keeps the score kind of answers. You know, where, where would you look at, at doing the kind of stuff that that you go to when the normal stuff stops working and just doesn't work? And I find whenever I'm working with with someone who's doing really deep healing work, like yeah, we've got lasers and lidocaine, and you know, there's ways to make it stop hurting. We can reduce toxins and we can reduce nervous system inflammation. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to deal with the trauma that caused you to tense up there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so, so just knowing knowing some some directional things can be really helpful when you're going after the the little esoteric things that you're working on. Um, I, I think you got something cool and. Because you're so credible, like I've done all this, I don't have to do this. Uh, you know, guys, maybe she's crazy, but there's a lot of people like her. And I don't think they're all crazy. And when a bunch of them say the same thing and they don't know each other, maybe the crazy person is the one who's not paying attention to that. Yeah. And listen, call me crazy. I'm comfortable with that. I don't really care. Try it. You know, if it sucks, it's not for you. It's like meditation, right? Like it's not for everybody. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Does it completely transform my life? No, but does meditation make a substantial difference in my health and well-being? For me, it does. Like I do yoga. Yoga was teased like crazy. I mean, I find the benefits are incredible. Um, 30 years ago, it was a kind of weird thing to be doing. Um, you know, and and I'm trying to take the woo-woo out of the Akashic Records. It's not weird. It's not some mystical, strange thing. You just read some sentences try it, you know, and if it's not your thing, it's, it's, that's cool, you know, but I think it's a fun experience. I think like too, for people who are like, um, interested in an authentic life, a life where they have a knowing of themselves, where they're curious about themselves. They want to experience a deeper relationship to themselves. They want to heal, grow, have, um, an ability for 
more happiness, more joy, more peace, um, which leads to more prosperity. Um, this, in my opinion, is one of the fastest ways to get the information that can really help you along that path, right? It's not going to stand alone, fix everything. You might have to implement some things. You might work with a therapist or coach with this information, but it's, it's pretty um, deep in the answers you receive. It's funny when you say, well, just try it and see if it works. It, you sound like this other crazy person I know who was saying, you, know, you should try putting some butter in that old free coffee. And the amount of outrage from just try it and see if it works. I don't know why people get outraged by that because, man, that, that thing worked. But the resistance, the skepticism and all that, uh, it's just built into our human operating system. But, but guys, seriously, you give it a try. Or maybe if you're lazy, you just schedule a session with an Akashic Records reader. I'm guessing you don't do a lot of sessions. I don't, do you do a lot of sessions? You know what, Dave? I was, but um, I did a podcast and I got a 4,000 person wait list going. Yeah. Um, it's like 10 years. So all the, I, all the really talented trained. people aren't available. So I, I'm with you there. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have some trained people on my site. Um, and, you know, I didn't know try it brought up more skepticism. But uh, yeah, I mean, don't try it. Like, I'm not a pusher. You know, it's, yeah. it's just really like, um, I think it's awesome. So I like to share it with other people mm -hmm. who are excited. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And if you're listening to the show and you like this, uh, let me know in the comments. I'll put this up on Instagram, both on the page uh, for the show itself, which is the Human Upgrade Podcast, or just on my page. If you're not following me, that's crossed a million followers. By the time you see this, I might already have crossed it. I always appreciate a couple extra as we're pushing to go past a million. And uh, just let me know if you want more of this kind of stuff. I'm intrigued. I've been studying it for decades. I just don't talk about it that much because frankly, in the early days of biohacking, if I talked about more than I did, you know, earthing, red light therapy, whole body vibration, uh, and the red light therapy pissed people off. And I talked about ayahuasca and shamanism just kind of as little crumbs. Uh, and I talk about discovering bulletproof coffee on the side of Mount Kailash. It actually wasn't bulletproof coffee. It was yak butter tea, but you get the point. So like, I'm I, like, guys, I'm doing this for a long time. It's just not that mainstream. And, and over the next few years, I'm taking the biohacking world into more consciousness because there's enough of us now that have working mitochondria, working nervous systems who have the power and energy to pay attention uh, even when there's distractions around. And that lets you go deep. And that's why you know, there's 40 years of Zen. And um, you'll see me talk more at the biohacking conference coming up here, biohackingconference.com. Um, at the end of May in Dallas. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the more esoteric masculine and feminine dynamics. And I'm just bringing in the, the spiritual teachers. And strangely, when you talk to a health person who's done it for 40 or 50 years, they're always also a spiritual person because they come together as you attain wisdom. So keep attaining wisdom here. And if you like it along the way and you'd like to support the show, pick up your Danger Coffee. You'll feel amazing. DangerCoffee.com. It truly hits you different than any other coffee you've tried because of the minerals, because it's ultra clean. And, well, I have to say it. Just try it. It might work. <laughs> All right. Uh, Laura, thanks. That was super fun. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.
A human upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.